And a lot of people are into home improvements now. They're uh, fixing up their homes, doing remodels, and all that stuff. There's tons of TV shows on TV about it. There's the, the D, uh, DYI network. I said DUI network one time, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, that would probably work though. So they got the DYI or DYI network, do it yourself. Uh, got shows like Barnwood Builders, Rehab Attic, which is kind of funny because we have CR. Uh, homes on Homes, Log Cabins, and uh, uh, My First Flip, and so on. There's all kinds of shows on how to fix up your house, how to get value out of it, and to do it yourself. And our lives can use, our spiritual lives can use some remodels sometimes, guys. A renovation, a stream makeover. So what kind of shape is your spiritual house in this morning? What's it look like? Does your spiritual body that we live in, this house, does it need a makeover? Does it need some home improvements? Does it need some renovations? First Corinthians says this, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Sometimes, guys, we need to do some maintenance in these houses that we live in. People do renovations for all kinds of things. They do them uh, most of the time in the world so they can get value out of their homes. They can up the value. But us as Christians, we're not trying to, to up our value because we're already priceless in Christ's eyes. He went to the cross. He shed his blood. He died on the cross to redeem you. You could have been tore up from the floor up. Your house could have broken windows, roof leaking, the foundations, all kinds of cracks going on. Your house could be on the auction block and the highest bid's 25 cents. It can be condemned, but God saw value in, uh, in you. He shed his blood for you. He died on a cross for you because he sees something in you and he wants, to, he wants to help us improve those things in our lives, guys. Amen. God knows your worth, guys. He can see past the brokenness in our lives and our homes. He can see past the, uh, just where we're at now. He can see the finished product in your life. That's why we have to do maintenance, guys, and renovations on this, on this body that we live in, spiritually speaking. Jesus gave his life for us because he values relationship with us. 1 Corinthians says this, you were bought with a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. I'm to honor God with my body. You're to honor God with your body because he took, and he took us out of that brokenness in our life that was messed up where our lives were just tore up and he saved us and he gave us something to live for. I'm to honor God with the way I live, the way I walk, the way I talk, my speech, my actions. I'm to honor God with this body that he's given me. I'm to fix it up. I'm to do some maintenance on it. When it's messed up and it needs some change in my life, I'm to work on it, guys. I'm to honor God with my life. Galatians says this, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, he rescued us from the present evil age according to his will and the God the Father. He rescued us from ourselves, from this evil in this present age. See, church, we're God's house here on earth. God lives and dwells within us. And he expects us to do some maintenance on our lives from time to time. It doesn't mean you have to be clean before you come to God. It just means he wants to do some maintenance now that he's moved in. Because he supplied the tools for us to work on things in our lives. See, the church we call this sanctification. Where you work on your hurts, your habits, your hang-ups. Those things you struggle with in your life. The things in your life that would keep you down. Sanctification is getting victory over those things in your life. My dad would say it's having the want to not to do the things you used to do, guys. Sanctification. What is the first thing we need to do a renovation, a remodel, some home improvements? Well, you need a permit. And to build, um, to do a remodel or renovation, you must have a permit from the city or the county. To, uh, the permit gives you a legal right to begin work, 
to start new, to start rebuilding. And guys, um, that permit and the spirit is our salvation. We need salvation in Jesus Christ. You must be born again. You must have a living, breathing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ where you've come to an altar and you said, Father, I ask you to come into my life, forgive me of my sins, wash me clean, make me new. Get that permit, guys. Get that permit in Christ. It's our salvation. And for you to start new, to rebuild, guys, you must have your name written down in God's permit book, the Lamb's book of life. We must have that permit. It's so important. There's a lot of people who want to start a new life. They want to fix up their lives. They want to get free from drugs, pornography, hate, anger, alcohol. All these things that causes our houses to fall apart that needs to be remodeled. But the problem is, guys, they don't want to get a permit. They don't want to surrender their life and their will to the control of God. They want to do it themselves. And every time we do stuff like that ourselves, guys, we just make more damage in our house. Proverbs says this in 1412, there's a way that seems right to men, but the end is the way of death. Matthew says this, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And then the rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and, a, and, uh, and beat against that house and great was the crash of that house. See, there's some things, guys, in our life that we can't do on our own because they're spiritual in nature. And we need the help of the Holy Spirit to renovate, to remodel, to fix these things in our lives. We need to rely on him. See, you can go see a psychologist. You can go to rehab. You can go to the gym. You can even go do hot yoga. <laughs> Whatever that looks like. But, but change only comes from the inside, from Christ. You can't change those things on the outside. It's got to come from Christ. Jesus is the only one that can change the heart of man. Jesus is the only one that can remodel and reshape and rebuild these houses that we live in. You need to be born again in mind, spirit, and body, guys. A soul renovation, a remodel only comes through relationship with Christ. It's not about us going to church. It's not about uh, um, programs. It's about us and Jesus. The spirit brings life, guys. You must have a permit, salvation. People try to get by without getting a permit. And there's a thing called a building inspector. And a building inspector, he comes around, he checks for permits. And if you don't have a permit, he can shut the work you've been doing down, he can close the shop, he can have you tear it down, and then he can give you a fine, guys. But when we stand before our building inspector, the Lord Jesus Christ, if we have a permit, guys, we're going to receive an eternal reward. But those that don't have a permit, they're going to get, uh, they're going to get fined. <laughs> Those that don't have a permit, guys, they'll pay the ultimate fine. They'll be cast into outer darkness without the Lord forever in eternity. See, the scripture says it was five wise and five foolish virgins. And uh, the cry was made that the bridegroom was coming. They went out to meet him, but he was delayed. So they slumbered and they slept. And then the, the call at midnight, the Bible says, the midnight cry was made that he was coming. And so they got up and five of the foolish wanted the oil from the other ones and they wouldn't give it to him because they wouldn't be enough for them. And so they had to go out and get oil. But while they went out to get the oil, the bridegroom came and he took the five wise. They went to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Guys, there's so many people here in the church that don't have a permit. They don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They're being foolish. They've heard it their whole life that the Lord is coming and they just, they just kind of put it to the back of their mind. But one day, Jesus Christ is coming and if you don't have a permit, you're not gonna go to be with the Lord. You have to have a permit. You have to have a relationship. Don't be foolish. Start with a permit. 
It's our salvation, guys. Without salvation, the permit, there's no remodels. There's no renovation that will pass the final inspection, guys. In the building field, there's what's called a building inspector who goes around and checks all the houses for codes to see if they're up the code. He checks for dry rot. He checks for leaks. He uh, checks for uh, damaged foundations. He checks for all these things. And guys, when was the last time you took a spiritual inspection of your life or where you're at today? to see if you have any fire damage, any dry rot, any cracks in your foundation. Because there's always going to be a final inspection to see if you're going to pass the inspection. There's things we need in our spiritual house and our remodel. And the number one thing we need to remodel in our spiritual houses and, uh, and do an addition to and fix is our attitudes, guys. Our attitudes can be, uh, cause fire damage. A mean attitude says hurtful things without regards to other people's feelings. A self-centered attitude is always about them. A controlling attitude is wants the, everything their way. A hurtful attitude just wants to hurt others. Guys, our attitudes left unchecked, mixed with our emotions, mixed with our issues, can rage like a wildfire that will burn your houses down. We have to bring our attitudes in check, guys. We need to do some maintenance on our attitudes. Why do we have attitudes? It's because we want to be in control. We want to do things our way. We like to be in control. Our flesh likes to control things. James says this, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Guys, if we'll learn to submit our will, our control, our attitudes over to God, the enemy would have no power over us because we take the power out of his hands when we learn to submit our attitudes, the things we struggle with when we learn to give them to God. We take the power right out of the enemy's hands, guys. No one likes to submit, to surrender to anything that takes the control out of their hands. We want to be in control. And we have bad attitudes about it when, we, when we're not in control. Because we want to do what we want and we don't want to answer to anybody. We'd rather sit in a house that has fire damage in it than submit our will and our control over to the Lord. How was your attitude, you guys, when you came into the church this morning? When you came through those doors, did you have a smile on your face, a song in your heart, a bounce in your step? Were you welcoming? Were you inviting? What, what is your attitude like when you come to church as a Christian? What is your attitude like when you go out these doors and you're representing Christ and his church to people around you? What is your attitude saying? Is it an attitude of love? Is it mean? Is it self-centered? Is it controlling? Is it helpful? Is it hurtful? There's no room for bad attitudes, guys, in God's church because we represent Christ. It's not me that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. Galatians says this, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. If I no longer live, if Christ has been crucified, uh, if I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer me that lives, but Christ that lives in me, then I should have the attitude of Christ. I should show Christ. I should show love. I should walk in his spirit. I should walk like him. I should live like him. I should be like him because it's not me that lives. It's Christ that lives within me. I was crucified because he took the broken house that I I lived in here in this world that was messed up, fallen apart. He saw value in it and he was willing to die for you and for me. So I should honor God with my life, the way I live, and I should live for him. It's not me, but Christ in me. And when we come through those doors and we go out into the streets, into the cities, people shouldn't see us. They should see the reflection of Christ that lives within me. So we have to put our attitudes in check. Because Christ loved me, guys. Thank you, Lord.
As Christians, we learn to submit our will and turn our attitudes over to God. Ephesians says this, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in your attitudes and your mind, and to put on the new self created to be like God in the righteousness of Christ, righteousness of his holiness. So we're to put off our old self, guys, and to put on that new attitude in Christ, that new attitude in God, so we'll have his righteousness and his holiness in our lives, so people won't see attitudes. So we've got to do some maintenance, we've got to do some renovation, we've got to do some work on our lives. Guys, if you want to renovate, if you want to remodel your attitudes, then you've got to submit your will, your attitude to God's renovation plan for your life. The second things we need to renovate in our spiritual house and remodel is dry rot. Dry rot is, is, a, is a wood decay that's called by a certain species of fungus that uh, eats parts of the wood which gives the wood its strength and its stiffness. See, me and my wife had a uh, house inspection done by an inspector to do a remodel, and he went around and he was like tapping around on the wood, seeing where it was hard, and there's some places he'd poke all the way through. And then at the ends of the, some of the wood, he could just break it off in his hands. See, because it had dry rot. It looked good on the outside, but the inside, it was rotten. And guys, there's a lot of people like that in life. They're damaged. They, they look good on the outside, but on the inside, they're rotting. They're hurting. They're damaged. They're being eaten away by the fungus of the enemy, guys. They put on a face when they're around people. They put on faces when they come to the church. They try to mask it. They try to hide it, but the dry rot's still there, guys. The dry rot in our lives, guys, is our issues. It's our junk. It's our stuff that we live with, that we deal with every day. The enemy puts his fungus of fear, anxiety, insecurity, lust, guilt, shame, unworthiness, addiction, and that that thought of no hope in our lives. But let me tell you, Jesus said in John 10 that I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Jesus came to set us free from our hurts, our habits, our hangups, our anxieties, our fear. Jesus Christ paid the price so you and I could be free. We don't have to sit there in those things, in those addictions, in those anxieties, in those fears. We can walk in freedom because the Bible says who the Spirit sets free is free indeed. You can have freedom in Christ today, guys, because he purchased everything that we have need of. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 53 says this. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed, guys. He was wounded for our sins. Our peace. He he bore our peace, guys. Christ gave everything you and I need to live free in Christ, to be free from fungus, to be free from dry rot. He purchased it all. We have heaven's toolbox at our availability to work on these houses, to do improvements in our lives, guys. Everything that we have need of. Jesus bore our freedom from our issues, that we could be free from them. Mark 5 tells a story about Jesus and a little girl. And the synagogue leader, he comes to Jesus and he, he's begging him, that, would you come see my daughter? She's dying. And Jesus is going to go with him. But Jesus gets caught up in this crowd and this other story gets involved there where this lady with the issue of blood for 12 years. So Jesus gets tied up there with her and that crowd and some people come to tell the man that um, don't bother the master no more. His daughter's already died. 
And all of a sudden, I can just see the fungus getting on this man, this anxiety, this fear, this, this doubt that, you know, my daughter's dead now. All these things that goes along with when you lose a loved one and just those things in your mind. And Jesus is all, he overheard him. And he's all, he's all don't, don't worry, don't be afraid, just believe. And then Jesus goes to his house and he sees all this commotion going on, people crying and welling. And he's like, why are you guys crying? Why are you doing all this, basically? He's telling them, she's not dead, she's asleep. And they laughed at him. But then Jesus puts them out of the house. Yeah. And that's, te- that's telling me that Jesus is saying, get rid of the fungus, get rid of the dry rot, get rid of those things that would keep you from getting your miracle. And he put them out. And then he healed the little girl and he gave them back to his mother, guys. Thank you, Lord. Get rid of all the dry rot guys in your lives. Get rid of all the bad relationships that's hurtful and is unhealthy in your life. That brings dryness, that brings rottenness to your relationship with God. There's some people you just gotta cut cut ties with because it's unhealthy. And they're not gonna get where you need to go. Get rid of the dry rot. Cut out all the, the things of deadness in your life, guys. John says this, whoever believes in me, as scriptures have said, rivers of living water will flow out of him. Guys, Jesus Christ is the living water. You don't have to live in a dry place. You don't have to have dry rot in your life because Jesus is the living water. He told the lady at the well, if you would have known who I was, you could ask and I would have gave you living water. He's the living water. You don't have to be in a place of dryness because he's the living water. And he has everything that we need to remodel, to reshape, to rebuild these lives that we have, guys. In the building field, there's a treatment for dry rot, and it's a special epoxy that fills the wood damaged areas, killing off the fungus. And us as a church, guys, that cure is the precious blood of Jesus Christ flowing over our lives, covering the wounds, covering the sickness, covering the disease. It's the precious blood of Christ applied to our life. That's the treatment, guys. Jesus is the answer for the dry rot. Let's renovate. Let's remodel, guys, so our houses can be spiritually clean for that inspection. The third thing we need to renovate in our spiritual house and our remodel is our foundations, guys. What shape is your foundation in this morning? Is it built upon the solid rock Christ Jesus or the sinking sands of your own understanding? What is it built upon? See, guys, the foundation built upon Christ will last throughout eternity. But the foundations it's built upon, our own wisdom will crash and fall. They'll fall in. They won't last. Matthew says this. He said unto them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed are you, Simon Barjonas, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It wasn't about God building his church upon Peter. It was about that statement that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. See, guys, we live in a world where people don't want to recognize Jesus. He was a good man. He was a good teacher. He was a prophet. But he is not. He's the son of God. He's the son of the living God. He's the only begotten of the Father. He's our foundation, guys. He's the foundation of the Christian church. He's the foundation of my life that I can stand on. He is everything that you have need of. He's our solid rock, guys. Thank you, Lord. 
Solid rock. Thank you, Lord. Christ is a solid foundation. Amen. He's a stone that the builders rejected. He's a stumbling block to the world. But he's a foundation that will outlast any storm you'll ever go through in your life, guys. Amen. What is your foundation looking like? Has the world been chipping away at your foundation? Your values, your beliefs? Have you compromised your core beliefs to fit in, to be accepted, to be a part of the crowd? Do you stand uh, for Jesus when you're at work, when you're in public? There's an old saying, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Don't be ashamed to be afraid to stand up for Christ and what you believe. Don't be afraid to stand up for the Lord. Jesus said this, for whoever shall be ashamed of me and my words of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed of. Don't be ashamed of your foundation of who you are in Christ and what you believe because you go to church and because you love God. Tell the world to be quiet. You know who you are in Christ. Let your faith in Christ Jesus stand. The Bible says this in Romans, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believes. Don't be ashamed. Let people know, hey, I'm born again. I'm bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm saved. I go to church. I, I believe in what I believe. Have your foundation. Don't be shaken in your foundation and who you are. Know who you are in Christ, guys. We have to take a stand for Christ and not back down in the world. Stand on our foundation. Second Timothy says this. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Guys, get into God's word. It will increase your faith. It will cause you to stand firm and strong when you know who you are in Christ. You know who God is. You know his word. Stand in his word, guys. Get involved in his word. It will assure up your foundation. Dig into God's word. Sure it up. Make it strong. Build on it. Do the maintenance on it if you've got cracks in it. Our foundation, it needs to pass the final inspection, guys. If Jen, you want to come on back up. Church, we're coming into a time where that, uh, we're going to have a final building inspection one day in our lives. We're all going to stand before the Lord. We're going to have a, a final building inspection. And is your house going to pass the inspection? Is the inspector going to see a permit? Is he going to see a living, breathing relationship with you and the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you going to have a permit when you stand before the Lord one day that you can say, Lord, look, I got a permit for you to do work in my life, for, for life, to work to be done in my life, to, to, to work on these things in my life, to be free from these things in my life, Lord. I have a permit. I have salvation. I have, I have a relationship with Christ. Is the building specter going to see a fire-free a home that has no damage in it because we put our attitudes in check? We've nailed them to the cross because God supplied all the tools for us to take our attitudes and anxieties and things we struggle with to nail them to the cross, to remodel these, these lives that we live in, to renovate, to fix them. Is the inspector going to see a house that all the dry rot's been wiped clean, it's been washed out because we've let the blood of Jesus flow over our lives, guys, and cleanse those areas, those hurts, those wounds. Is an inspector going to see a house that the foundation is solid, guys? Because the builder of the house has a relationship with God. He knows who he is in Christ. He's firm in his faith. He's firm in his belief. So you guys, with every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today, 
and you've been struggling in these areas. You've had some dryness in your life. You've had some hurts, some wounds, some dry rot. The Lord's the answer for that today, guys. If you've been struggling with your foundation, where you've been shaky, there's been cracks in your foundation, that you've kind of gone the way of the world, you've, you give in to some of the things of the world, and you're kind of afraid to, to stand up for who you are and what you believe in Christ, Christ is the answer, guys, getting closer to Christ. And if you're here today, guys, and you never got a building permit, Christ wants to be in relationship with you. He doesn't care what shape your house is in, what you've done, or what it looks like. He just wants you to come unto him because he loves you. And so if you're here this morning and you need prayer, we want to pray with you. We want to pray that the Lord will meet the knees, fix those issues, get rid of those dry, rot places in your life, your anxieties, your fears, your doubts, a sense of hopelessness. We have hope in Christ today, guys. He's our foundation. One day he's coming back. And if you got that permit, you're going to go be with the Lord forevermore. But there's freedom in Christ here on earth, guys. There's an abundant life that we can have here. We don't have to wait to the sweet by and by.